Hello. It's wonderful to have you with us here at the very first episode of Leadership for Sustainability, the podcast for directors and managers who want to develop and lead sustainability initiatives that deliver results and make a real difference in the world. I'm Osbert Lancaster, long-time sustainability coach, consultant and trainer, and co-founder of Realize Earth. We've started this podcast to share what we do at Realize Earth with many more people than we can work with directly. We want to help grow the number of leaders and organisations taking sustainability seriously and that are part of the movement that's tackling the climate and nature crises. If you're leading on sustainability in your organisation, we're here for you. Whether you're just getting started or you're looking to do more and make a bigger impact, we'll be sharing our experience of working with people like you to help you develop and lead successful sustainability initiatives. In this first episode, we're focusing on how to build support for sustainability in your organisation. And in this very first episode, we'll explain why building support is so important to success and what you can do to start building the support you need right now. Over the years, in our work, we've spoken to hundreds of people setting up and leading sustainability initiatives. We've also carried out several surveys. And again and again, we've heard that lack of support is the biggest barrier to success. Sometimes it's in your face, like when I was helping a university develop its sustainability strategy and a senior academic told me, it's not our job to preach to students. Not that I'd suggested it was. I just asked what their department was doing about sustainability. Admittedly, that was several years ago and hopefully be different now. A lot of universities are doing really great work around sustainability. A common story that we heard again and again was things like, my senior management aren't interested, or my colleagues just don't get sustainability. And sometimes that sort of lack of support was a little bit more subtle. They'd say things like, oh, they're happy until they actually have to do something different. People say they'd like to help, but then they say, oh, it's not part of my day job. And it's fine until the project needs some investment or staff time away from their desks for training. It's pretty obvious why your sustainability initiative will struggle to succeed if these kinds of attitudes are common in your organisation. Let's take a moment to break this down a little bit. In fact, let's step right back and I'll explain what I mean by sustainability initiative. It's a pretty vague phrase. Essentially, what I mean is any project to get sustainability on the agenda and then embedded in the organisation. Whether it's in strategy, in operations, in products and services, or more widely, such as in the supply chain or with the local community. It could also be a climate change initiative or some other aspect of sustainability like biodiversity. Does that make sense? Is that the kind of thing that you're working on? Okay, let's get back to these barriers to success. So either there's this idea that people aren't interested, or if they are interested, when it comes to it, they don't actually do anything. I tend to think of there being three phases to developing a sustainability initiative, and it's useful to look at these when you're thinking about the support you need. The first phase is sort of developing the idea, and that includes like, you know, scoping out the project, doing some initial research, trying to work out, well, how would, it, how would this actually work? And then the second phase is 
pulling together, getting the time and the resources and the people that are needed to turn that idea into a concrete plan and in then that plan into action. And then the final phase is basically delivering the program when you want to get people involved in the program or initiative itself. So it's, it's, you've developed it and it's now out there live and you're managing it and, and leading it. So looking at each of those phases, for developing the initial idea and scoping it out, you need colleagues who are interested and willing to get involved. And if they're not interested or unwilling to get involved or unable to make the time, you'll miss out on some really valuable perspectives and experience that will make for a better initiative. And when the idea becomes a plan and when you come to roll it out, that plan is going to need investments of staff time, investments of finance or both. So at that point, as well as enthusiastic support of colleagues, you're also going to need the support of relevant budget holders to access funding and the support of managers for their staff to spend time on the project, to take part in training and so on. And then, finally, when the plan is live, it will only really succeed if the people you need to take action don't just participate, but they do so with enthusiasm. So, looking at it like this, it's easy to see why lack of support is so often cited as a major barrier to success. And it's really easy and it's very understandable to be frustrated by the kinds of resistance or the kinds of disinterest that one comes up against. To us, to people you know, working on sustainability, the need for action seems so obvious and so important. And when you come up against that kind of disinterest or lack of support, it's really easy to slip into believing that other people don't care or they aren't sort of aware of the issues. And that frustration can lead us to respond badly to that resistance and to make poor decisions. And it can also make us lose empathy with other people, which isn't healthy for us and it's not healthy for them. So let's try and understand a little bit more about why people like your colleagues maybe don't support sustainability initiatives. Part of it is simply that people generally resist change unless they have a compelling reason to support it. And also, most organisations have structures and management systems that are carefully designed to actually prevent change. That's how bureaucracies work. But there are also some more specific reasons why people are sometimes unwilling to support sustainability initiatives. And with their professional hat on, they just don't see sustainability as being relevant to the organisation. Or perhaps they sometimes they think it conflicts with profitability or some other measure of success. And quite frankly, they've often got enough on their plates already and they don't want to get embroiled in yet another initiative, especially if it might turn out to be yet another flavour of the month initiative that will take their time and then disappear in a couple of months. And then with their personal hat on, they just might not really get the connection between big global issues like climate change and their own lives in the here and now. Or they might actually be concerned about sustainability, which is probably the case for most people, but 
that feel uncomfortable talking about sustainability or climate change in a professional context. And perhaps also, they just don't believe that an organisational initiative on sustainability will actually really be genuine or make a significant difference. A quick break so I can invite you to our next round table. Join me, Osbert Lancaster, and Realize Earth co-founder Morag Watson to discuss our and your ideas about how all of us can be the sustainability leaders the world needs in these difficult times. The jumping off point will be our recent episode, A Manifesto for Sustainability Leadership in 2024. We'd love you to join us. Bring your questions, reflections and suggestions to share with us and other sustainability leaders. It's happening online at 12.30 to 1.30 UK time on Wednesday the 7th of February. The details are in the show notes. Back to the show. So in this episode, what I want to do is show you why building support is so crucial to the success of your initiative. I think it's fairly obvious. In fact, I hadn't planned to cover this topic. After all, as I said at the start of the show, we've had years of feedback from people telling us that lack of support was their biggest barrier. But then I realised that that feedback was from people who have actually experienced of developing sustainability initiatives. And I remembered other conversations with people developing and leading sustainability initiatives for the very first time. And for them, this kind of resistance and lack of support was often a real shock. It was a real surprise to them. So we'll look at this resistance and what to do about it in a future episode. But for now, whether this is old hat to you or a revelation, hopefully it's reassuring to know that any resistance or lack of support is almost certainly not about you personally. And that when we understand the reasons for resistance, it's easier to work out how to get the support you need for your sustainability initiative. I talked earlier about the three phases of developing an initiative, developing the idea, the scoping and initial research. Secondly, getting the time and resources together that are needed to turn that idea into action. And thirdly, getting involvement from participants. In our experience, there are two groups of people who are essential to successful sustainability initiatives. The first one we call collaborators. These are people who are actively involved in developing and delivering the sustainability initiatives. They may be members of your team or managers or specialists from across the organisation. And possibly, depending on the type of initiative you're doing, they could be external stakeholders. The second group who are really important are what we call allies. These are people who won't necessarily be actively involved, but whose support will be invaluable. These are people who can open doors, can give permission and provide access to resources. They're often senior managers, but they can also be anyone at any level in the organisation who has influence, formal or informal. So where are you at with your sustainability initiative at the moment? Is it just the germ of an idea or is it something actively in development? Or is it up and running? Take a moment to think about who your collaborators and allies are or who they could be. Who's actively involved? And who would you like to get involved if they aren't already? These are your collaborators. Who are these people really? Not just their job titles. What skills and expertise and insights do they have or could they bring to the initiative? And who are your allies? 
And who would you like to have as an ally? What resources and influence do they bring or could they bring? Not just budgets or formal approval, but who will speak up for the initiative in a board meeting? Or who will vouch for you when it matters? Do you have these people in mind? Okay, so you might be thinking, yes, well, as well as my direct reports, my ideal collaborators would be Jules in HR, Jim in marketing, and it'd be great if Joanna in operations was part of the team. And then your allies. I really need to get support from Kevin, the director of finance, and Kate, the head of procurement. And it would make a huge difference if Kirsty from the union was on board. And you may be thinking, so... Those are my potential allies and collaborators, and yes, it would be cool if they were up for it. But let's try something. Let's go a bit deeper into what difference it would make if they weren't just up for it, but they were fully behind the initiative with passion and enthusiasm. Stay with me for a moment. If it's safe and socially appropriate to do so, I invite you to close your eyes. And imagine what it would be like if these people your ideal collaborators and allies were really committed to your initiative. In fact, they were fired up and fully invested. They saw it not as your initiative they were supporting, but as a collective effort that you are all working on with real commitment and real enthusiasm. Take a moment to imagine what that would be like and how it would feel. How would meetings be different? How would informal conversations about sustainability with people like that be different? And how would the development of the initiative be different? How would the results of the initiative be different? And how would you feel differently from now as you lead this work, supported by your allies and collaborators with commitment and enthusiasm? How would it feel different? And now, open your eyes. Over the coming episodes, we'll be exploring how you can bring together collaborators and allies in ways that will maximise the success of your initiative and make leading the initiative a really positive experience for you and your colleagues. Before we wrap up, I've got one more thing for you. In fact, a little task. After the show, grab your notebook or device and make two lists. Make a list of collaborators and a list of allies. And include people you consider to be your collaborators and allies now, and also people you'd really like to have involved in the future. Keep your list safe, and it'll be really helpful when we start planning how you can build support for your initiative over the rest of this season. I'm Osbert Lancaster, co-founder of Realize Earth. You can find out more about what we do and why at realize.earth. And you'll find the show notes for this episode, realize.earth slash 101. Thanks for being with me today. I hope you found our podcast useful and that you'll be back for the next episode, where I'll be talking about two approaches to building support for your sustainability initiative and why you should only use one of them. Because only one will get people involved with passion and enthusiasm. To make sure you don't miss it, follow or subscribe to Leadership for Sustainability in your podcast of choice. So, goodbye for now. And don't forget, Leadership for Sustainability and the work you're doing is important.
keep up the good work and make sure to look after yourself.